how can we think about productivity in a way that honors God and not just take whatever the world says and sprinkle a little Jesus on top and say, look, here's Christian productivity. I want to strip this thing down to the studs and rebuild the concept of how we think about work and productivity from a Christian foundation. You don't always have to be working. You don't always have to be getting things done. If the objective of productivity is faithfulness, then you must view your life with the whole scope of faithfulness. And that's not all work. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, my friends, we are coming to the end here of season five. This will be our sixth and final episode of this season. And I thought for it, we could do a little bit of reflection, a little bit of a look back. And so I've entitled this episode, When Productivity Disconnects You from God. Throughout this season, we've covered a variety of topics, but I would say I went into this season without really having a theme in mind. I just sort of started addressing different topics and it depended who was available for interviews. But I think a theme did sort of emerge in this season. In fact, I got an email this week from Caleb, who's a a listener to the podcast, and he was just commenting on this season. and, And he pointed out, this is a quote from Caleb. He said, you've said something before multiple times about how productivity isn't so much about let's get all the stuff done, but it's much more about doing the right things well. He said, that's stuck with me. And that concept is on point. And I think that is the theme I see in your podcast this season. I think that's probably true. It's more about doing the right things well. I think Christian productivity is not about being an ultimate productivity master and doing everything you possibly could do or squeezing the most out of every single moment of life for the sake of work or success or whatever it is you're aiming at. I think it's more about faithfulness. And I've said this before, and I want to say it more often. I believe productivity is a vehicle for faithfulness. I believe productivity is a vehicle for faithfulness. What I mean by that is it's not an end in itself. Trying to get more done, trying to manage your time, your goals, whatever it is, is not an end in itself. And I think that's a lot of what we explored this season dealt with that very issue. I think big time with the Kelly Capic interview, you know, when he talked about our conception of time, how our sleep uh, is out of step with nature and, and, you know, the natural rhythms of this world and how we often try to live like machines instead of creatures. I think he's pointing out one of the biggest problems with the way that we often approach time management and productivity, even as Christians, is that we allow it to disconnect us from creation and our creator and even our own creatureliness. And I wanted to dig into that a little bit more in this episode. I've been studying 1 Timothy chapter 4 this week for a Sunday school group that I lead. And 1 Timothy chapter 4 begins this way. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, 
who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Um, it's an interesting passage, right? And as I was studying it, one thing stood out to me, a question, I guess, popped out to me. And that was this. So he's talking about false teachers, right? And that they're, they basically are uh, teaching the doctrine of demons. And they're liars, their consciences are seared, they're insincere. But what is it they're teaching? He says they forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving. And what struck me about that was this question. Why, why would false teachers seek to cut people off from good things like marriage or, you know, foods that were meant to be received? Why, like, my question is this. Why is it that false teachers often are about asceticism instead of hedonism? You, you would expect a false teacher would come in and say, Hey, guys, give yourself over to sin. Do whatever you want. Do what makes you feel good. But instead, the, the, at least the, the ones that Paul's talking about, their objective was to tell people, no, 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 no. Don't do these good things. Don't get married. Don't, uh, don't eat these foods. And as I was thinking about that, just in principle, I thought that was an interesting thing. And, and in fact, that their strategy, it seems, it's implied, is motivated by demons, which means that this strategy of cutting people off from enjoying the good things of God in, in their proper way is a satanic strategy. Why? Let me phrase it really precisely. Why would the devil want us to not enjoy the good things of God in their proper place? I think at least part of the answer is it disconnects us from the goodness of God. It disconnects us from his creation through which we enjoy his goodness. Now, follow me. I'm going to connect this to productivity. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm going to connect this back to productivity in a moment here. Because notice, when, when Paul's talking about this in 1 Timothy 4, he says that these things that they cut them out, the who forbid marriage, verse 3, and require abstinence from foods, mark this, that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Verse 4, for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. I think that separation from the good things of God is a strategy of the enemy to separate us from God himself. In other words, if the heavens declare the glory of God, and the earth, the fullness thereof. If we have no experience of those things, we don't enjoy those good things of God to his glory. We will find ourselves not just becoming less human, not just becoming less connected to creation, but becoming less connected to the creator himself. And we will, in fact, perhaps become like the third steward in the parable of the talents who said to the master, I knew you to be a hard man. When we become disconnected from the good things of God, we can start to view God as not a good God. And unfortunately, I think productivity, as the world construes it, can often contribute to that disconnect. Often, our attempts to manage our time uh, and to be so precise, to treat ourselves like machines, 
can disconnect us, as Dr. Capick said, from the natural rhythms of God's world to neglect, to enjoy things that are, are good, like rest, right? Sleep itself and rest is a blessing from God. And we can neglect that if we become too focused on productivity as an end in itself. We can view our time as this, as purely as a resource. I think time is a resource, but viewing it purely as a resource and not thinking about time in terms of the seasons and the way which God has designed his creation and us to operate within it. That can disconnect us from creation, disconnect us from enjoying the good things of God in their proper place, and thus viewing God as a hard taskmaster and not as the king we love to serve and we want to be faithful to. And our productivity is a vehicle for serving him. It struck me too, as I've been thinking about these things, I was thinking the other day about atheism. And why in the 20th and 21st centuries, atheism has risen so much in every culture, in every society for all of human history. There's always been some sense of the spiritual, some sense of either a deity or, or many deities or, or, or some sort of spiritual other realm that they believed in. And it's very rare when viewed in the, in the scope of history. It's a very small sliver of time in which there have been people in a large numbers who have believed, no, there's no God. There's no spiritual realm. It's only in our times. And the atheists will say, well, that's because we're so advanced. Our science has gotten so good. We understand the world more than anyone ever has before. Look at, we, we understand how things work. And we found that there's, there's no God. We're just, we've progressed so far. We don't believe in silly things like a God. And I think that that is true. We have advanced. We do understand the world. Um, very deep. We have more knowledge than any generation before us. But there are other things that are different about our generation that may account for the lack of attention given to God or for the rise of atheism in general. I think two things stick out to me particularly. One is that has there ever been a generation as distracted as ours? Of course, we have access to much, much knowledge. But how wise are we? If you think about people in the past who didn't have endless entertainment flowing into their ears and eyes 24-7 like we do, how much more time did they have to ponder, to meditate, to think deeply as they walked from town to town, as they worked in silence most of their days, and they just thought and they ruminated? I think that makes a man wise or a woman wise or even a child-wise, we don't have that same amount of time, that same amount of focus to just think. And so that, I think, in part could account for the godlessness of our age and even the impiety among Christians about how we just don't think about God as much as we ought to and how to live before him. We're too distracted. But the other thing that I think accounts for the rise of atheism and perhaps we might say more broadly godlessness or less... um, attention given to God is that has there ever been a generation as disconnected from creation as ours in ages past people worked with the creation whether it was agrarian societies or just working outdoors uh, experiencing the elements not hiding from the weather all the time not in perfectly climate controlled environments 
rising and sleeping with the rising and setting of the sun rather than electric lights or according to a number on a clock. We're more disconnected from the rhythms of creation than ever before anyone has been. It says in, in Romans 1, 19 and 20, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Creation reveals God. And so if you live in a generation that is disconnected from creation, that even though we, our scientists have studied it deeply, our experience of creation is mainly through textbooks or video documentaries, but not through firsthand experience. We're indoors all the time. Our work does not really engage with creation as it is. It's always mediated. Then it is no wonder that we're distant from God. It is no wonder that atheism has arisen. And so I do think that it is a, a reductionist way to think that, oh, we're just, you know, there's a lot more atheists now because we're smarter than any other generation. I don't think so. I think we're less wise than any other generation because we're more distracted and we're less connected to God's creation. So it's no wonder we're more distant from him. And like I said, I think productivity can contribute to that disconnect. And that's what this all has to do with productivity. Like, sorry for the... the the deep, the theological deep dive. No, I'm not sorry. I don't apologize for that. You're welcome for that. Um, because that's what this, this project is all about. When I talk about redeeming productivity, this is why I do what I do. Uh, you got to understand that's the point of this podcast, this, this ministry, all the things I make, I'm, there's a reason it's called redeeming productivity. There's a reason that's a present tense participle redeeming. It's not redeemed productivity. It's a process. I want to think with you, how can we think about productivity in a way that honors God and not just take whatever the world says and sprinkle a little Jesus on top and say, look, here's Christian productivity. I want to strip this thing down to the studs and rebuild the concept of how we think about work and productivity from a Christian foundation so that we can get more done for the glory of God. That's what this is all about. So as we think about this stuff, I, it, it requires us to think deeply about theology, about how we're living in this modern age. If we just take wholesale how the world thinks about time management or whatever, it can very often disconnect us from God's creation and from God if we're not careful. So what should we do about it? If productivity can disconnect us from God, by disconnecting us from his creation, then, then what can we do about it? Well, I don't think that the answer is to give up on productivity. This is one thing that is a trend right now, and I reject it. You know, um, there's a lot of books post-pandemic that have been written, many of them by Christian authors, many by secular authors too, books like 4,000 Weeks. Um, even Dr. Capic's book has some, um, some elements of this in, in it. But the basic theme of a lot of these books are like, hey, stop pushing yourself so hard. Stop burning out that, you know, the pandemic gave us a break to think again about like, what does it mean to be human? And what does it mean to do all this? And like, I think that's healthy to think through those things. But I think that it would be the wrong conclusion to come to, to say that, you know what, we just need to stop thinking so much about being productive. Let's get rid of that. Let's, let's, we've overdone it with that. Throw it out. Let's just rest. And let's just, you know, we're just going to rest in who God has made us to be. Okay. 
Look, I get that. And I think that is a necessary correction. But the New Testament makes clear that as Christians, there is work to be done. Just because we can be tempted to think about work and productivity the wrong way, doesn't mean we should give up on that and say, oh, we're just not going to try so hard anymore. No, there's work to be done and there's a way to do it. And that's what faithfulness requires of us. This is not heaven yet. (laughs) There's things we need to do because we want to be faithful. And I want to hear, and I think if you're listening to this, you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you want to hear. And I strongly believe that productivity can be and ought to be a vehicle for faithfulness. As long as we are careful that we don't take the wrong view of productivity and work, the world's view, that tempts us to disconnect from God. Because, as we saw in 1 Timothy 4, that is a strategy of the enemy. To disconnect us from the good things of God so that we might be disconnected from God. The things that God has called good and blessed, to view those as unnecessary indulgences. That is a dangerous game. And so what I I say, and this is what I'm thinking, is we must, as we seek to work and honor God through our work, we must not overdo that, make that our whole life, and forget that part of worship is work, yes, but part of worship is enjoying God's creation, enjoying a good meal, enjoying time with family, friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't always have to be working. You don't always have to be getting things done. If the objective of productivity is faithfulness, then you must view your life with the whole scope of faithfulness. And that's not all work. One of the best ways to praise God is taking a walk outside. As I said, enjoying a good meal, enjoying fellowship. Resting. Rest is a blessing. I quote this all the time, but Jesus said uh, when he was criticized by the Pharisees for healing on the Sabbath, he said, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. They had misconstrued a blessing of God as a heavy burden. But many of God's blessings are just that, blessings to be enjoyed. And as we enjoy them, we honor God and worship him. So I do think we need a more healthy relationship to work. I do think that some of the corrections we're hearing right now in sort of this post-pandemic wake uh, about productivity and about success and about these things, I think some of them are helpful. But I just would caution us to against overcorrecting and falling into the opposite ditch of laziness. I think that we have to aim for faithfulness. You know what, hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I, what I don't like is when people say, well, here's on one side, you could work all the time and have that be your your main focus. On the other side, you could be totally lazy, so we need to do 50-50. No, that's uh, Hegelian dialectic. I don't, we don't want that. (laughs) What we want is faithfulness. Don't aim for the middle, aim for faithfulness. That's free. That you should think about that with everything. There's a lot of people out there um, in Christian circles who who import this Hegelianism, where they say, "Well, the right answer, if there's two extremes in a in a debate, the right answer is somewhere in the middle." No, the right answer is in the Word of God. The right answer for everything is not whatever fifty percent is between two opposing arguments. The right answer is faithfulness. Aim for that every time, and you'll hit the mark. And I think that's true with our work. The balance between rest, enjoying the good things of God, and working hard is faithfulness. 
If you serve God, you put him first. You love him. You will naturally and organically begin to bear the good fruit that pleases him. In your work, you will work hard with integrity, with diligence, with godliness. And in your rest, you will enjoy him and you will worship him. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and you will be productive. That's what I'm saying. Productivity is merely a vehicle for faithfulness. Don't elevate it to the main thing. So, productivity is not an end in itself. It is a vehicle for faithfulness. And insofar as it helps me to be a more faithful servant of God, I'm going to utilize it. And I recommend you do the same. But part of the problem with what we'll call productivity culture is that it can lure us into thinking that we're superhumans. It can lure us into disconnecting us from our creatureliness, from the creation, and ultimately from our creator. And the results of that are going to be burnout, frustration, and worst of all, distance from God. These are thorny questions. And I'm thinking through them out loud with you. And that's why we will continue redeeming productivity in season six. We'll keep asking these questions. We'll keep digging deeper. I'll keep seeking to provide you good resources and good interviews and helpful voices to listen to, to think about and consider how you can honor God through your work and not let your work disconnect you from God. Productivity is a vehicle for faithfulness. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in season six. But until I do, remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. For more productivity from a Christian worldview, check out my weekly newsletter, Reagan's Roundup. Every Thursday, I share an insight along with the five best links I found that week that I think will help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. It's totally free. Just go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com to sign up for Reagan's Roundup. That's newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com. Thank you.